0: Hey, everyone. How do you change when change is hard? This episode is going out in January, the time of year when so many people are setting about changing themselves for the better. A new you for the new year. You'll be fitter, healthier, you'll study harder, you'll stay ahead in your assignments for once. If you're a regular listener, maybe you're thinking about going to be starting to eat the frog or practice mindfulness or keep a retrieval journal. Uh, See episodes 39, 31, and 23, respectively, uh, for more on eating the frog, practicing mindfulness, or retrieval journaling. Basically, this year you're going to be better than ever, right? Right? Look, I think we all know it's one thing to set good intentions. It's quite another to actually see them through consistently for the long term. Change is hard. So, today, I want to help a bit with that. I want to help you find some strategies that you can use to help you actually see through on the goals you choose and actually put good practice into practice. Because ultimately, I want to see you actually using all the good strategies we talk about here on the podcast, week in, week out, uh, because it's only when you actually start taking action on what I or my guests are suggesting uh, that we actually achieve anything together. Otherwise, it's just all words. So, change. It's a pretty hard topic. So, I've actually set this up as a two part special. By the end of both of these episodes, you'll have a toolkit of some very practical strategies from the psychology of behavior change that I hope is going to transform your ability to change things about your habits and make adjustments to the way you live your life. And again, it's not just about the way you study, it's about anything you want to change in your life, be that your health and fitness, uh, be that how you eat, be that how you approach your relationships with other people, uh, your habits at work, if you've got a job, anything. Really helpful stuff, I hope. So, Here in part one, today, I'm going to start by explaining in simple terms the answer to an incredibly complex question. Why we as humans do the things that we do? In other words, what are the three forces that drive you to take certain actions and to not to do others? It's a fascinating subject, and once you understand the three factors I'm going to talk to you about today, you'll already have a big head start on becoming the master of your own actions, and being able to take charge of what you choose to do and see through on it. I'll follow all that up in a couple of days' time with part two, when we'll build on all the things we're going to learn today, uh, and I'll walk you through some very specific techniques, uh, 15 techniques, to allow you to take control of these factors, and in turn, to be able to take control of your actions. In other words, in part two, I'm going to introduce you to some of the most powerful techniques from modern psychology to allow you to go ahead and actually make positive change stick. After you've listened to both of these episodes, you should be in great shape to make whatever changes you need to make, not just to your study habits, but as I say, to any domain of your life that you'd like to work on this year. By the way, If you need some advice on the sort of things you might want to consider changing or improving about how you study, uh, if you're looking for top grades this year, then I'd encourage you to go ahead and download my exam success cheat sheet. Uh, Just head to examstudyexpert.com forward slash free tips. You'll be able to download a guide there for free, which summarises my all-time best recommendations for the study methods that let you work smarter, not harder, and ultimately help you to ace your exams with less work and less stress. Again, you can pick up your copy of the cheat sheet at examstudyexpert.com forward slash free tips. So I'm going to start this two-part series uh, with part one today. As I say, by answering a very simple question, why is it that you do certain things and don't do certain other things? In other words, what drives our behaviour? Why do you find yourself doing so many things that you know aren't in your best long-term interests, like helping yourself to an extra slice of cake or procrastinating on TikTok rather than getting on with your essays? The psychology of human behaviour is, as I say, very complex, but it's important to understand because only once we understand why we behave in the way we do, can we truly start to become masters of our own behaviour. I'm going to try and cut through the complexity today and boil it all down to three very simple factors that underpin just about anything you might decide to do. These three factors are your habits, your motivations, and what I call your inner caveman. These three factors can work together, but often they're in conflict, pulling you in different directions. And that's when we run into difficulties. You might have a motivation to eat less cake and more salad, or to get your assignment done before the night it's due in for once. But perhaps your inner caveman has other ideas. We're going to need to understand a bit more about these three factors. So let me spend some time today breaking them down for you in a little more detail. Factor number one Uh, is your habits. Think of all the things you do on autopilot every day. You may have checking habits, for example, when you leave the house. Check you've got your phone, your wallet, your keys. You've probably got some hygiene habits. You brush your teeth in the morning and at night, right? Some habits can be trained. For example, over the past few years, I've trained a random little habit to wipe down the shower screen afterwards with a squeegee thing after I shower. I do it every day. Uh, and if I'm showering when I'm travelling and there's no squeegee thing, I, I feel a sort of fleeting moment of discomfort when I can't perform my post-shower uh, screen wipe-down ritual. It's a funny feeling. Um, and when you train an animal, what you're really training there is a habit. You're training a dog to respond to the word sit by telling him to sit down. Habits are very primal, very raw things. Uh, and the outcome of the habits can be pretty powerful. The downsides of the habits, though, is that they're usually slow to build uh, and slow to change. They build up over time, but once they're in place, they can be a very powerful driver of your actions. Okay, so the second factor uh, that drives what you do is your motivations. Now, this is your kind of conscious decision to do certain things. What is it that you actually want to do? How do you think you should be allocating your time? What tasks will produce results that are in alignment with your goals and values? This could be anything from a sort of long-term destination uh, plan in life, you know, what you want to be in five years' time, where you want to end up in college a few years down the road, what kind of job you see yourself going into. uh, And that kind of trickles down into the day-to-day decision-making. And and therefore, on the other hand, motivations can be just very little day-to-day things. You plan to go and get your lunch at one o'clock. So to give you some examples of sort of motivations, if you want to be an A grade student and graduate right at the top of your class, that kind of motivation, that kind of conscious decision to to achieve that, that might spur you on to put in some extra work over the holidays or over the vacation, even if no one is asking you for that extra work. The nice thing about your motivations is you can choose what they are. Though the problem is what you intend to do in your motivations doesn't always actually translate into what you actually end up doing, particularly if the motivation, the action that you want to carry out through your motivation hasn't yet become a habit. The thing that's most commonly in conflict with your conscious motivations is factor three. And that's something I call your inner caveman. So as I say, as we all know, your motivations don't always translate into your actions. As I said before, you might have an intention, you have a motivation uh, to get your essay finished uh, well in time, well before the deadline, to leave yourself plenty of time and avoid a last minute rush. But the reality of what happens might end up being very different to what you had set out to do. So what is it that gets in the way of us completing our motivations? Well, a lot of the time it comes down to a set of instincts, a lot of which can basically be traced back through evolutionary history, uh, kind of patterns of thought that evolved way back when we were, you know, uh, cavemen living in uh, caves and hunting and gathering to, to feed ourselves, patterns of thought that evolved to basically keep ourselves safe in a very different world to the modern world that we face today. I collectively refer to this little set of instincts as your inner caveman. So let me just give you a few examples, uh, three examples of the sorts of things your inner caveman tells you to do or tells you not to do. Uh, So the first thing is your inner caveman is lazy. It likes you to conserve energy and to take the low effort path rather than doing something that's going to be harder work. Now, if you think about it, this makes perfect sense from a evolutionary standpoint. uh, Food resources were limited. Uh, It was a lot of hard work to go out there and either gather food or go out there and hunt an animal down and catch your food. So it makes perfect sense that you'd want to try and conserve energy as much as possible because, frankly, it helps to keep you alive. If there's a choice between going and doing something that's going to burn up a whole load of energy versus just sitting around and doing nothing, your inner caveman's preference is to sit around and do nothing. Now, hopefully that's starting to explain at least some of the things that you might see yourself being pulled towards doing uh, and why it takes uh, a bit more work from that sort of conscious motivation side of things uh, to try and get yourself motivated into taking action, uh, particularly when it feels like hard work. So your inner caveman is lazy. Your inner caveman, secondly, also hates to take risks. And again, this is very understandable from a sort of evolutionary standpoint. Uh, when the world was much more dangerous, in, early, in those kind of caveman days, the dangers were very real and very physical. You didn't want to get eaten by a predator or trampled by the animal you were trying to catch for lunch. Of course, in the modern world, the dangers we're facing are are far less uh, talk about risk to life and limb, uh, far more about much more uh, cerebral intellectual uh, dangers, things like a fear of failing a hard course or a fear of putting in extra effort on a project only to be rewarded with a relatively average mark. This also ties into social risk. Uh, One of the risks your inner caveman particularly hates to take is any kind of risk of embarrassing yourself in front of the tribe. Your inner caveman loves to be accepted. To stick with the tribe, to stick with the herd, because life as a lone caveman is a dance art harder than if you can share the burden of surviving with tribe members who can watch over you through the night. So, the idea of any kind of social risk, the any idea of any kind of uh, embarrassment that might lead to your tribe or your herd rejecting you, is extremely painful to your inner caveman. Uh, and again, some of that might sound familiar in terms of how you think about um, making decisions and the sorts of things things you might do or not do uh, in front of other members of your group. Anyone, for example, who's afraid of standing up in front of a group and giving a speech uh, will certainly recognise this this kind of inner caveman thinking. Or to take a third and final example, uh, your inner caveman also loves quick thrills. So this makes sense, evolutionarily speaking, uh, because our brains evolved a reward system that responded very strongly to certain highly desirable things in the environment, uh, which helped us to survive on a day-to-day basis. Things like uh, giving you a big rush when eating sugar, which gave you you a good hit of energy to perhaps fuel you uh, when you're going running after an animal on a hunt. Many modern day pleasures take advantage of this reward system, this love of a quick thrill, Uh, obviously uh, from the sugary foods so many of us uh, really enjoy, through to things like addictive video games on your console or your smartphone, Uh, those kind of games that give you a rush or a little boost when something good happens in the game. Of course, there's absolutely nothing wrong with taking any of these modern pleasures, but in moderation if you allow your inner caveman to get too carried away with its love of quick thrills, you might end up with rotten teeth and getting nothing done all day because you're too busy gaming. So to recap, your inner caveman is lazy, it hates taking risks, and it loves quick thrills. And that can often put it in conflict with some of the other factors that try and drive our actions on a day-to-day basis. In particular, uh, that second factor I mentioned, your conscious motivations. So. Your inner caveman, uh, from what I've described, sounds like a bit of a wild beast. And he or she kind of is. (laughs) But the good news is that, like any wild beast, your inner caveman can be tamed. You just need to learn how to turn their strengths to your advantage, just like a judo master. So we're going to be using uh, the strengths of your inner caveman to our advantage and learning how, therefore, to control him or her. And that's going to be precisely what I'll be doing in the second part of this episode. So tune in again uh, for that when I'll explain 15 incredibly powerful strategies to achieve mastery over your actions, allowing you to recruit your inner caveman as a powerful ally in executing on your motivations and finally letting you make the changes you've been hoping to make, perhaps not just in your studies, but in your life. I look forward to seeing you right over in part two of this episode uh, to find out what we can do to control our inner caveman and finally execute on the changes we want to make to our lives. Thanks for listening today. Stay safe and study smart. Just before you go you know you can hire William as your very own coach and mentor to show you the stress-free way to ace your exams by studying smarter not harder find out how at examstudyexpert.com slash coaching